What's up, everyone? Episode 19 of the Critical Strike Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Henrique Demore, Meg K, Tyler Esguera, joined by the one, the only, the LPL's very own Dagda here to break down RNG, who, surprise, representatives at MSI? We'll yeah. start there, but before we do that, how are you, man? Thank you so much for being here. I know it's late over there. Oh, yeah, no, it's good. I'm happy to be a part of it. And it's nice to kind of get a chat to our chance to chat a little bit about the LPL and RNG and that. So, yeah, I'm happy to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, doing good. Um, just finished the season, obviously. So, take some time to relax, go in and explore Shanghai a bit. So, um, you're kind of bringing me back to reality here with this one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Is, is, is it tomorrow yet where you are or no? No, it's 9 p.m. Well, just after. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, it's not too bad. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. And so, yeah, you mentioned, so you, you get you some time to relax. Are you casting any MSI or, or no? How is it like the remote uh, setup or lack thereof from we, the Eastern cast? We're still trying to figure it out. Um, so basically we think that we should be all good for tech-wise and we're just trying to figure out the ins and outs of it all. So obviously it can be a bit messy with the firewall and all, but it looks hopeful that we should be able to. Um, we're just awesome. waiting to see exactly what that looks like. Well, that's extremely exciting. Yeah. Um, and actually, before we dive in here, uh, talk about RNG. What uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how uh, someone from the Republic of Ireland found themselves uh, in their late twenties in China, like on purpose? <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit nuts to be honest. Like, so I never really thought that the casting thing was ever going to be a job. Um, I actually finished my degree in fight in business, worked in a bank, um, and was just kind of doing this as a hobby. And it got to the point where I was like waking up, studying League of Legends on the bus into work, working from half eight till half five, studying League of Legends on the bus home. I'd get in the door at like quarter to seven in the evening. I'd shove food into my face as fast as I could. I'd go live at seven, finish at 11 and then rinse and repeat. Sheesh. Like that was my life. It was just like, Christ. so it got to the stage where I was like, okay, cool. Uh, this is killing me. I haven't had a weekend <laughs> off. I'm like, I've been sick in work a lot so then I could like fly <laughs> to an event somewhere to do something or whatever because I'd used up all my holiday days and um, mm -hmm. so it got to stage where I was like look this is I'm making money off of the casting I'm killing myself in the bank because like look it popped up as well that the bank was making people redundant um, and I was like look I'll take the shot I'll take the money and I'll see if I can do this for a year or two and after the first year it went terribly it was absolutely awful. Ouch. I made no money. It was like nobody <laughs> wanted me. And eventually then I got very lucky that the LPL did pick me up. Because um, I basically had given myself a deadline of, hey, look, if I don't get anything within the next six months, I'm gone. And then two months later, the LPL was like, hey, why don't you come over? Oof. So I got nice. very, very lucky with that. Um, and since then, I've been a part of the LPL. So guys have been absolutely wonderful to work with. Um, especially the likes of like Clement and Hysterics when we first came over. The lads were godsends. Like making sure that we were all set up and well and running in China uh, helping us find apartments and just making sure we're all good so yeah been well kept taken care of at least since then but yeah it's been a bit of a, a crazy ride to go from like hey I'm in finance to hey I'm yeah. in halfway across the world cast the League like, of Legends <laughs> I feel like that's a story that we hear across all, all of esports we start in such a different place and then yeah, we just yeah. kind of realize <laughs> oh they're like I really like this thing called esports and then we just kind of <laughs> yeah. take a risk and so it's like I think that so many people, I love how so many people have that kind of story of like, I started in, as like a, like in, in engineering or something and suddenly I'm here like working in esports. So it's great. Yeah. 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 Especially. Yeah. 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 And like yeah. Medic was like, that's not just a tag that like, the, yeah, he's he's a a LC caster. He was literally working as <laughs> a physician or physician adjacent, uh, which yeah. is wild. Uh, wild. but anyway, uh, let, let's, let's talk about RNG. Let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, they were you, you yourself. Dagda, surprised at 
that that they are your MSI representatives at like the beginning of the split, and then how has that surprise changed? Oh, yeah. Like kind of once you got into the top three of okay, it's RNG, EDG, and FPX. Yeah, so to start off, I'm going to apologize because as anyone who doesn't watch LPM might know, I pronounce the letter O or or weird. I say it as <laughs> or instead of R, so everyone slags me because they say RNG. It's an Irish thing, and I'm sorry. But moving past that, um, yeah, the at the very start of the split, not a hope in hell. Nobody thought RNG was going to be able to do it. They were like, look, we lost Uzi Spring 2020. Shao Hu, their mid laner, was like, we couldn't find a top laner in time. He goes to top lane and we're just like, right, well, here comes the gradual descent continuing from RNG. Because um, if you actually look at their like their last couple of uh, splits, they went from Worlds to not making it, or, well, Worlds semis to not making out of groups to then barely making it into playoffs to not making it into playoffs for the first time in five At years yeah. and then it got to like oh god this is not looking good coming into uh spring 2021 but they've been fantastic um they've kind of found this nice little system where they figured out how to play around Xiao Hu in the top lane he's super good at kind of understanding how he wants to build and control those side lanes and from there they've managed to to pick themselves up where for most of the split it was kind of EDG and RNG trying to see if they could fight for control of that top spot and eventually when we got towards the end of the split RNG just barely nabbed us and coming into playoffs then there was still a lot of questions around them because as you were saying you know EDG FPX suddenly kind of came out of nowhere to look really really good like midway um, through the split they really figured it out <clears throat> yeah yeah exactly so it was kind of a bit of a a surprise to be honest that we ended up in a situation where fpx were looking strong rng were looking as strong as they were as well and edg too because a lot of people at the start of the split were like hell look clear love might be coming back into the jungle everyone was excited about that and that was quickly ever forgot about us because they're like damn this team's <laughs> kind of killing especially when they got viper across from the lc or lck even as well so yeah yeah i think there was a lot of surprises coming into the split and anyone who was worth their salt was not going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, by the time we get to the end of the split, it'll be RNG, FPX, and EDG who are taking all the top spots. <laughs> and that is, I mean, that's the beauty of the LPL is that the the, the fluidity, for lack of a better word, uh, in, in, in the standing. So what about RNG? You talked about playing through Xiaohu in the top lane. It seems like he's found, you know, a bit of a home there. How has, I mean, I feel like many teams that go to represent uh, their regions at MSI, they can't be that one-dimensional. So what else about them makes them worthy to carry the mantle? Yeah, so definitely before this, they were quite one-dimensional. And if you actually look at our um, playoffs round four in FPX versus RNG, FPX just realized, hey, look, RNG only have this style. They just know how to play around Xiaohu. And basically the way that would work is they'd pick some sort of carry in the top lane, like to quote, quote uh, Frostguren, Xiaohu's the best Lucian top in the world. Like, he's absolutely insane on us. But he'd love, like, picks like Nar, like the Jays. These things where I was like, cool, I'm just going to... He's, like, actually played Tristana top, uh, Oriana top, and Syndra top as well. So, like, this guy was all about, like, hey, look, we're just going to play to push this goddamn tower. We're going to take it super quick with a Rift Herald. And then just open up the map and allow us to do these crazy map movements. And that was basically the game plan from the get-go for RNG. And what FPX realized in round four was, like, hey, look... The whole system, although it's built around Xiaohu, the two foundations are Ming and Wei, the jungler and the support. So if you can actually get these guys both kind of shut down in the early stages, it means Xiaohu doesn't get the resources. And 
his actual laning phase isn't the strongest. It's that he gets all the extra support that comes up to him, and then he's just really smart at playing the map. So what FPX realized was we'll go in, we'll invade, we'll make sure that Wei is shut down. They uh, kind of built the draft in a way that Ming was fo- forced to play into the bot side of the map and couldn't really roam to help Xiaohu, and they absolutely butchered them. It wasn't even close. It was like an insanely quick 3-0. Yeah. And we were like... That series All was right. sad to watch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was really sad. And especially when we're coming into our finals and we're like, we want this to be hype. We want this to be good. <laughs> and we're just looking at that last series. We're like, this is not going to look good, is it? This is going to be 3-0. I'm going to be going home and I'm going to be like, right, well, I guess I'll have a beer in the bath to make myself feel better for what was going to happen. Was, but this is the thing. It was like, this is not going to go well. So... If eventually we kind of were like, okay, well, RNG started to open up a different style. They were like, hang on a second, we, we're, this isn't going to work just playing around Xiaohu. And they went to start playing around Gala in the bot side. And we'd seen it a little bit in the regular split, and it didn't look good. Like, they got absolutely demolished by JDG when they tried it, and instantly they were just like, no, this is this Never is mind. how we're playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, screw that. <laughs> we'll just stick to the other style. Um, yeah. And I think they... they we end up going back to it though for playoffs and I think it was like if you look at the stats for Gala it was like he went from like 50% first blood participation in the regular split to like 86% in playoffs like they just fully went okay cool Xiaohu peace out you're on your own buddy enjoy your Gragas we're gonna go bot side and it worked yes. out really well like and I think that's what caught FPX off to a certain extent as well they were like this isn't the same RNG we played against and now coming into MSI I'm like at least we've got multiple different styles right we can have a RNG play heavily through Xiaohu like we saw in a couple of like game fives and playoffs or they can still play through this bottom side of the map and just kind of re- use the juggernaut that is Ming in that bot lane to help set up Gal at the AD carry for success. So if RNG have shown these two kind of clear defined styles where it's mm-hmm. play through top, play through bot, is like is the only place that teams really have left to attack Cryin now? Is he even a player that is particularly attackable? Because he plays very kind of safe zone control, wave clear style hmm. champions. Is he someone that can really be all that exploited? Yeah, it's kind of um, two things. Because I think definitely the weakest player on the team is Cryin. But I don't know, as you said, like how exploitable he is. I actually think the the most exploitable player was what FPX pointed out was Wei. Like Wei is a really, really smart jungler. He's really good. But if you're able to gang up on him, he just doesn't have a good time. He doesn't really know mm. how to, to get himself back into the field. He then can't influence bot side. He can't influence top lane either. And then both game plans very quickly fall apart for RNG. And that's exactly what FPX showed was like, hey, if we can get like a AD carry that's just going to be safe in the bot side, we can have a support that can roam in, like something like a Rel or an Alistair. We can have uh, uh, Olaf or Udyr, obviously, which were the, the big ones that they just kept invading in on top of them. Uh, Hecram as well. And they're just like, cool, we just beat you. Like, we just outnumber you. You're done for. So I think that's kind of ways that teams can definitely look to abuse RNG is trying to just shut down the system that kind of stems from way or even just trying to hold Ming into that bottom lane. Because... If you end up taking away stuff like Kai'Sa or, you know, any of these kind of uh, AD carries that can get control of that bot side easy and, like, push in, get priority, Ming just can't go anywhere. He's just stuck in that bottom lane. Mm-hmm. And it means that then, again, there's no support for Xiaohu. There's no support going elsewhere. And that really starts to, to hurt RNG in the long run. Now, with, I mean, do you think that, um, I mean, so you, you kind of know, you... I'm trying to say here. Do you think that RNG actually are kind of 
the top team? Like, the, the, do you think that they are the best team to come out of the LPL right now, or is it just a matter of oh, they kind of just figured out how to not get smacked around by FPX? Who, to me, it looks like just the talent on that roster is superior. It's not to dog on yeah. RNG, but just pound for pound, they look like the more talented squad. You know, do you think there's a fair representation of okay, this is the best we've got? Here we go. So it's really hard, awkward to say because um, I, I think I tweeted out I was like, FPX for me back when they had Bo were like the best team. Like they mm-hmm. were unstoppable. Like they, mm-hmm. it was disgusting. Like Bo came in as like his second series set the uh, the record for the most kills in the LPL. We had that split. He got sixteen kills on Olaf. Like the dude just took over. Sheesh. And it was really hard, sad to see that he was obviously taken off. There was a the whole fiasco around him. And then we had Beishuan yeah. coming. And I felt bad for Beishuan because this dude was a streamer that had gone, hey, I'm going <laughs> to give pro playing a go. Oh, and nice. then it's like, cool, I'm going to join the LDL team. Like, just kind of baby steps. I'll get started. And then he was on the team for like three weeks. And they're like, buddy, you're going to the main team. <laughs> so this guy came in and was like, I So even you're watching him. And he was just like, he was basically still very solo queue. He was like, I'm going to look after me. I don't care about mm. the good of the team. Like, yes, I could go and help this guy push in a wave, but my Krugs are up and, you know, I got to go carry <laughs> the game. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't blame him. He was new and it just was a bad time. And you could kind of see that that the team didn't function because Beishuan wasn't able to support them in the same way. Um, and then when Tien came back, I was like, oh, okay, Tien actually looked really, really good. But unfortunately for like the playoffs, both him and LWX really had a bad time. Like the entire series, just mm. they did not look good. So I think if I was going to say like the best team that we had to offer, it really felt like it was that like quick stint where we saw like the FPX just absolutely insane. They were like, they were the unstoppable team. But I do think if like we're looking at a team that's the the smartest and the best to play in the map, 100% that's RNG. Like these mm. guys, okay. they're incredible. And I think that's what's going to catch a lot of people off guard, right? Because when you think of LPL, people are like, top esports and the FPX is, we're going to kill you and make sure you killed again the second you step off the fountain. That's not how RNG plays. They're one of the slowest teams that like to play through the side lanes, that like to play through Xiaohu, and it's more so about, hey, look, we're controlling these waves and this map, and then suddenly we caught you off guard because there's like five of us here, and we've all caught you with your pants down, and we're just going to turn this into favor. <laughs> right. That's like, kind of interesting yeah. then, because they're, if they're kind of the the macro team hailing from the LPL, which is not perhaps a little unfairly. I think the kind of stereotype of, haha, the LPL's all really stupid players, but they're really good at fighting, so they just win, is kind of like outdated. It's not actually how the LPL plays a lot of the time. It's just sort of an easy blanket term to describe them. But if you're saying that RNG are this kind of more methodical, cerebral team... It's going to be really interesting watching them match up into the representatives that we have coming to MSI because we have Damwon, who we'll touch on a little bit later, who are just absolutely terrifying. And just like thinking about them gives me a fear that I can't quite like explain. (laughs) But then you have. You just don't think about them. No, it's like like, if I don't see them, they don't see me type of thing. Eyes are firmly closed. Damwon Gaming (laughs) cannot smell my fear if I do not look at them. But anyway, like the the matchup of RNG into specifically Mad Lions is going to be something that I'm really interested about because Mad are wonderful boys, wonderful people, very good (laughs) players, but they have some, they often have some slightly kind of scatty team fighting. Like they'll just kind of pick 
fights that they shouldn't necessarily win, but they will sometimes win out, whether it's on, like, Kazi's insane positioning or really, really good engage from Kaiser or something like that. And I think that's a matchup that I'll be really curious to see flesh out, just because, like, they've kind of swapped styles almost. Like, RNG is playing the style that you'd normally expect from Europe, and then Europe is playing mm. the style that you would normally expect from the LPL. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really interested because obviously everyone's saying that the finals is going to be LPL versus LCK. Uh, and I'm really interested to see how this RNG, seeing how, like you said, they're a little bit more methodical, a little more slower, um, how they're going to face up against a team like Danwon that is just so good at... like Everything. Everything. Their fundamentals, this is probably one of the best teams we've seen in terms of like just, they have all the fundamentals down. And they have incredibly mechanical like mechanical players like they will lane kingdom you no matter where you are and they have canyon like canyon was one yeah. of the, is is the best jungler in the world as far as i'm concerned but um from your perspective how do you think that matchup do you think will go between rng and like <laughs> and damn one i'm, I'm kind of curious so, to see what you think of that i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the two sides i'm gonna give the optimist first <laughs> so okay. what i think <laughs> okay so okay. the way that i i think that rng has any hope in hell of winning is like <laughs> okay we do basically what we saw in the regular split it's like hey look ming comes out he works with way they play through show in the top side and they body con like that's the i think if anyone i'm looking at like Khan can play a little bit over aggressive in lane he's not always he can overextend at times and I think that's where maybe RNG can make these plays happen and that's where I'm like slightly optimistic where if they can get these early rift towers turn that into a top lane tower and then RNG start to get the ball rolling they're very comfortable when they get into that position and as I said mm. they're not like you know if you look at like FPX and top esports they averaged like a kill a minute was their average champion kills for the se season I think um, I think you're looking at like basically half that or maybe like Point six of that essentially for RNG like they are much more about hey we're going to outposition you map wise so if we come back then to like the part I'm actually worried about <laughs> which is <laughs> what I kind of hinted at late earlier um I think the biggest problem for RNG is like if you end up with a team that's like really good at playing through their jungle and trying to shut down way making sure that wing Ming doesn't have that opportunity to move around the map you don't really get to play the game as RNG. And I think that's the biggest worry for me is I feel like specifically Damwon are so damn good at this style that it just feels like a natural kind of counter yeah. to RNG. And I think that's where I'm struggling to kind of see a world where RNG are have to take it. Now, obviously, I hope I'm surprised. Um, and I really, I'm going to like 100% be supporting the lads and I'll be rooting and screaming for them. But it's just, it feels very hard when I look at like, hey, you know, like it's very easy to, for them to move in as a three-man unit to invade with Canyon. Like, I feel like that's where the biggest struggle for RNG is going to be. Yeah, like, I, it's, it's that whole thing of, do I hope, do I do this with my heart or with my mind? Because yeah. <laughs> it's like your heart, you're like, for me, it's like, oh, you know, um we can like somebody can can upset them maybe maybe they underestimate a team or something like like when i think of like for example cloud nine because i'm from na it's yeah. like it's like oh cloud nine's got some great like 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 you know blabber's really good and 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 sven and and sven and vulcan are so consistent in the bottom lane and then i look it over at four players to even mention perks that's how deep this team is <laughs> exactly we have perks who like this year, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, he's really good still. Like, he hasn't lost a step in terms of his mechanics and whatever, but his shot calling and his leadership has really shown through with this Cloud9 team. But 
I'm like, yeah, we look great this year. This, these are great representatives. And I look over, and it's that one. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do, right? Like, even with, like, uh, even with the LEC, right? Um, I'm really excited to see this new team come from the LEC. But, oh, my God. When you look at Damwon and just how complete they are, it's like, oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what Wilds boys will do. Yeah, we'll see what Wilds yeah, yeah. <laughs> But oh, then God. again, like we say that, oh, it's gonna be like everyone's kind of expecting it to be a Damwon RNG final. At least from your perspective, Dagda, is that as much of a given as everyone says it is? Like, is it? Do you think it's a guarantee that RNG will make the finals? I sound like I'm being a bit of a, a prick saying it, but yeah. I think, yes. Like, I think Damon are absolutely phenomenal. I think G as well are just, they're so consistently good, right? There's, like, been one or two series where they try something new and it hasn't worked out. But, like, there's a reason. I think, they, yeah, they only dropped two series, I think it was, the entirety of LPL. And you play 16 series. Um, like, that's insane. Like, these guys were absolute monsters. And you saw the way they bodied FPX as well when they got the lead. Like, these guys are very collected when they get a lead. And they're very smart with how they play the map. So even when we've seen them fall behind, they can still pull off these insane comebacks. Like, they'll just sneak a Baron. You'll get some nutty TP coming in from Xiaohu where Or, like, honestly, I think Ming is probably the, the, the unsung hero of this team. He is... If you're ever watching a team fight for RNG, I would just recommend watch Ming. Like, his, in, his engages are incredible. His uh, position is impeccable. The decision-making on, like, who he needs to target is so, so good as well. But I think when you look at the rest of the, the teams going, I don't see where they match up to 100%. I think there's, like, as you mm. said, when I'm at lines, sometimes they just kind of, you know, take the wheel. Let's see where this goes <laughs> for the best. Yep. And I think that's definitely exploitable. I think when we look towards um, Cloud9, I think definitely with perks coming into the roster, they're, they're, the macro has gotten to a certain extent better. But I still think, again, you're kind of looking at like there is clearly defined early game mistakes that are being made. That team, that shaking, both, for sure. yeah, that RNG and Dam1 would capitalize on. Um, mm. And I think from that respect, I do think it'll be the, the two giants in the, the finals. The only... The only caveat I will say to this, though, is, like, 11.9 looks so different. Like, even I'm... Because I'm not able to actually play a huge amount of solo queue while I'm here. So, like, I'm hearing, like, tidbits. And I'm just like, there's a who in the jungle now? What? Yeah. (laughs) You know, this kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of like, you know what? If, especially for teams, like, in Europe, who are usually the guys that are very quick at... And in NA as well, very quick at picking up on the meta and stuff like that. Potentially, they can find a couple of upsets or, you know, have a hidden pick that no one has really figured out. But I do think, you know, over the course of MSI, especially with how long the the games are, these things tend to get figured out fairly quickly. And then we tend to go back towards the teams like the the, the Damwons and the RNGs that are able to play that style, but just with more macro and uh, uh, honestly, in some positions, just better laners as well. On the note of patch 11.9, I would just like to, I'm going to address my camera directly here. I would just like to say a thank you to the Riot Games Balance team 
for nerfing Hecarim and nerfing Chemtank because I don't play very much League. I don't have a massive amount of time and I'm also very, very bad at it. So like not always the most fun experience to play League when you suck at it. But um, I'm a mid laner when I do play and I play Lux, who is not the most mobile champion in the world. And to just be sitting in mid lane, minding my own business, farming my wave, and then suddenly a four million mile per hour horse comes speeding out of the river at me. It's horrifying. And like... Yeah. It was kind of making the pro meta stale. Like, it was a lot of kind of Hecarim, Ude, Lilia. Which one of these I three mean, the, champions the pros, is going to get picked? The pro has been pretty stale in general, though, right? Like, yeah. I think that, like, it's we've seen pretty much the same stuff across all four major regions now. Like, I think that, pretty like, much, although, yeah. like, the priority has been different, the same champions have been, like, kind of there. So I'm really glad to see that, like, yeah, Hecarim... It's not fun. Like it doesn't look real when I see him running yeah. around with Chem Tank and and and, and right. uh, Dead like, Man. Observers just... are trolling. Like they winded up at yeah. high speed, man. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't think that the most like exciting and diverse bit of playoff League of Legends I would see was like Perks playing all playing five different champions in the mid lane over the course of a five game series. Or Wukong. Like, oh shoot, that's neither yeah. Syndra nor Oriana. That's crazy, man. Yeah, like when we saw Wukong in the top lane for, for Armut mm-hmm. um, in their series against Rogue. I'm like, yo, a different champion? Sick! crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I do I do like the diversity that we're going to get with this next this new patch that's coming in for MSI, but I, I don't know if anyone will deviate. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not too hopeful. I, I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure the matches will be exciting, but I don't know if the meta and the picks will be as crazy. Um, but hey. Sometimes that is like that in league. So, what can you do? Now, looking at the the rest, and I, I was I was really happy to hear that uh, you know you are potentially getting to cast MSI, which means you've you know are you know whether you have done it or not, or, or you are going to learn a lot more about you know potentially other teams. And I mean, how, how much research have you done on maybe any kind of just zooming out from RNG? Uh, minor literally had the call like two hours ago <laughs> so oh, i've like nothing yeah so, <laughs> so it has not been a uh, uh i've gone absolutely nothing i think the most i've done was like i literally looked at rng's group and i was like oh yeah like looking is like bio panther he's been to worlds before i recognize the name and i recognize pabu as well for the team um and then obviously you got like the lads coming over uol as well and i was like that's kind of the extent to where i was like oh yeah it's basically the same guys less gadget for uol and that's the extent of how i've, <laughs> I've gone i have been in full like I need to detox from League of Legends once. As um, you should. As you should. Yeah. Yeah. I, finished, I yeah. think everybody needs to do that sometimes. Is it yeah. time <laughs> for Hank's CB LOL corner? Is this where yeah. this was going? That's, that's what Hank's I was CB thinking. Corner? Uh, no, I mean, look, I so I I am I'm American, but I'm also half Brazilian. I was I was born there, and so I I'm really happy for my boys in pain gaming. Uh, I think their ceiling is very very high. Um, I you know I think they've got if they were in. If they were in RNG's group, I wouldn't give them a prayer, but they are in, you know, the, they're in, I think the easiest group to, to win. And that's not even a flame, not, not to win, to qualify. That's not even a flame Mad Lions because I think they are the best team in that group. But like the other three just look kind of, right? Like I, <laughs> like I'm just saying that, look, it's, Damn. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, right? I mean, the TCL, uh. the Istanbul Wildcats team, I don't know a ton about them. Um, but you know, Turkey has seen a little bit of an exodus of, uh, of talent. Um, but look, they, they still look really strong. Um, I think, gosh, what's the other? Mad Lions, Pain, TCL, and... Oh, um, uh, PSG Talon. PSG right. Talon. And they've got their substitution issues. They had to, to bring a, a substitute for Unified. So which is if tragic, there but. is a year where Brazil makes it into the Rumble only to go 0 and whatever once they face all these you know, major region teams plus uh, UOL, 
I think this could be it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I and actually this is had being to do some research. No, I actually had to do some research on Payne because I, I chose Tinones as one of the players to watch. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, he and and and, and BRTT pop are crazy. Like he has um Tinones has a ten point six KDA during the the spring split, which is like okay. not a lot of players have like a double digit KDA by the end of yeah. the season, right? And yeah. so that's like Chovy KDA, damn. Yeah. No, yeah. It's he only yeah, died nineteen times. Yeah, no, it's because he plays these like very facilitatory mid laners, right? The TF Galio, like he's out there just racking up assist, 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 right? And then they play through either uh, top or bot. But yeah, Tinon's the same guy that, um, if y'all remember when when Kaboom uh, pulled off that upset against Alliance in the group mm. stages way back in 2014, he was the one that was just memeing on Froggen on Ari um, way back <laughs> when. Same dude, um, because yeah. Brazilian players don't really make it out of Brazil, but that's all right. Um, but anywho, um, yeah, kind yeah, of, man, at, no, <laughs> that made me, <laughs> I feel old, that made right? me so, God damn. Okay. uh, well. but that <laughs> before we let you go here for, you know, with, with, with RNG, I mean, you mentioned kind of, you know, that if there is a, a player to exploit, it might be, it might, it might be crying in the mid lane, but there's no such thing as kind of a weak side mid. We call that a control mage, um, which I think yeah. is kind of funny. But, <laughs> At um, me harder, dude. I like on. that. I like that. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that's what I always say when, because um, I always play jungle and support, and when and they're like, oh, you want to play mid? Hank, I'm like, yeah, I'll play, yeah, weak side mid. Just uh, Weak play, side mid. Play Anivia, don't touch anything until level six. Just make sure the waves don't crash, and I don't know, maybe I'll be useful later. Um, but are there any, I mean, we kind of talked about kind of just broader predictions. Do you see anything, I don't know, anything spicy coming out of ms like any dark horse picks anything for yeah. what, what, what do you think a realistic prediction for rng is i i see rng getting to the finals i'm not sure about a dark horse but again like because the meta is changing so much it becomes super interesting right to see how it's all going to pair out like i've seen lee sins now going into lanes i've seen like perks practicing in mid i've seen people playing in top lane like there's obviously your dianas and your darius jungles and i've even heard chemtank Z jungle like there's been some Yo. absolutely insane things coming out of the jungle so <laughs> i'm not going to try and get oh. anything offline oh, no. <laughs> so, Z. yeah yeah i've that seen gave me a, a visceral reaction <laughs> Yeah, it's what's just like happening? so. I don't know. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> just like I was, I was sitting in my happy eleven point six bubble where I was like, I know Hefram, <laughs> I know who dear, and then I just finished playoffs and I'm just like, who broke this? What did you do? <laughs> Why is Morgana and Darius in the jungle? Yeah, like, like, what's going know. on? So yeah, I oh, think man. I think certainly because there's just so much um, nuttiness going on right now. I actually, like, I nearly think that plays into RNG to a certain extent as well. Because, like, as I said, we've seen, like, Shao Hu plays everything. He's played Tristana top, Syndra top, Oriana top, Lucian top. Like, uh, he's a big fan of the Jace. Like, he loves flexible. these more, yeah, uh, heavy styles in top lane. But it's, as you're saying, super flexible. And I think that's where maybe you can see that flexibility come through. Because, obviously, this guy's been an RNG mid laner for five years before going to the top lane. So, I think they do have a lot of flexibility there. Even, like, Crying is... Pr- if you see Renekton pick for RNG, it's actually going to Kryon in the mid lane. It just never goes <laughs> top for a show. Like, they are super flexible with their drafts. So I think if you do have a meta that allows for a lot of these crazy picks, and you've got guys who are super comfortable with flexing that, I think you end up in, like, some kind of crazy spots with RNG. 
But maybe again, that could help them, or it just helps some other team to absolutely kick the crap out of them. And I have no idea. It's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, what I would give to get a backdoor look at some of these these scrims and some of this. I know. This, uh, oh, you know, it's going to be a mess. You know, I'm... there's just going to be some stuff getting picked in those games. Yeah. I was excited, yeah. and then he said, unironically, Chemtank Zed in the jungle. <laughs> <Yeah>. Unironically, <laughs> with, full, with his chest. And, and now <laughs> I'm counting like... down the days until May 6th. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Tyler, Meg, anything from y'all before we uh, before we let the good man go to bed? I think uh, we're good. I, I think we're good I, to go. I, yeah. I now All know right. a lot more about RNG than I did when we started yes. this podcast, yes. which is <laughs> very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Magda, hey, thank you so much for being here. Seriously, giving us a, a lot of insight. I hope that, you know, to the, the viewers, give them kind of a... Uh, how I pitched it was like, oh, if I'm going to hop into Discord to watch MSI with my boys, you know, and I don't really know anything, but nobody knows anything about the Eastern teams, I want to be the smart one. Um, I think if they get through the 30 minutes of this episode, I think they will be the smart ones. And, and that's, what, yes. we, uh, that's yeah. what we were hoping for. So seriously, thank you so much for your time. No, I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. So with that, that will wrap up part one of episode 19 of the Critical Strike Podcast. In part two, a very special guest by the name of one chronicler to rap to uh, talk about the um, the inevitable, ever-growing sun oh, that God. will consume all reality and leave <laughs> us in a nihilistic existence that is Tamwon Kaming. And on that note, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Welcome back, everyone. It's part two of episode 19 of the Critical Strike podcast. Out of the other side of the time warp, we are here with the LCK's very own chronicler, uh, casted the finals of, or wait, not the, uh, not the finals, but a lot, no, it was the finals, it was Gen G. See, but that goes to show you how steamrolly the playoffs were uh, yeah. for the team that we are talking about today, and that is Damwon Kia, we being myself, Enrique Demore, Meg K. Tyler Scarra, joined by Chronicler. First of all, thank you for being here. How are you? And, um... And tell us about those playoffs before uh, we talk MSI for Dam One. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really good. Um, I, I've, I'm just about really settled in Korea at this point in time because um, there's a lot of practicalities that come with moving to a different country, especially one where you don't speak the language. But the, the rest oh, of the team God. has been incredibly helpful. Mm. Um, so that's been great. My Korean lessons also starting in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited for that. That's going to be very nice. very nice. Um, playoffs were. Well, I mean, our finals were not great. That was a bit unfortunate. Um, but I think the first rounds were actually a lot more interesting than expected. But those were like the teams that don't really matter. And then one person yes. also got a little bit overexcited uh, and, and voted for Gen G in the finals. And then they got stomped for you. So that person was me. Nice. Yeah, that, that wasn't great. Um, oh, but At least I think you stuck the, to your guns, you know? Exactly. I, I still I still stand by that call, even though it was uh, there, there was a different timeline in which game two went differently. But yeah, Damonkey is just too good, um, which will yeah. be a running theme, I think, throughout <laughs> the rest of the conversation. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So, what oh, was I guess your let, 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 let's talk about kind of the since, since we're here the the bad, if you will, because as you were talking about and as just is, is common sense. Yes, they're kind of consensus the best team in the world. They have argued the best player in the world in the strongest position, as you put it when we were off air canyon in the jungle, um, making jungle canyons, not jungle gaps. The jokes write themselves. <laughs> what is it about whether it was Damwon specifically or Genji specifically that made you say, you know what, actually, Genji have a shot here. Was it more? Okay, 
Dem want to have this little, you know, hole in their armor, or were Gen G just, I don't know, they 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 paid Paldi. It, it, it was <laughs> it was a it was a combination of um, Gen G playing really well in their fight, uh, semis against T One. BDD in particular had a had a had a stellar performance, and Showmaker has looked not his usual self. Like he's still really really good, but um, I mean he got mid gap by lava right like that that's where everyone goes mm. like a little bit like i don't i don't know what what that was um and i think that the sammy's against damon or against humble life rather from damon was very unimpressive and not in the usual ways where the early game is a little slow but they made really disrespectful calls um didn't play according to the priority and stuff like that is i thought genji could punish it and i think if you go into game number two and um, there's a couple of plays that you can pinpoint where um or a cleared rider just tilts like he, he mm-hmm. makes a misplay and then he tilts and then they lose that game and i think if that game gets won by genji um you might have a different final i'm pretty sure with the forms of the team on the day Dumon would have still won but it could have been closer but after that um they lost against like a renex and nidley comp with a better skating team for a comp it was just a disaster and then we don't even need to talk about game number three it's <laughs> <laughs> not good it just like i feel like Genji could have done a service to the rest of the world by just making them look like a tiny bit less completely and utterly unbeatable. Like, Fredit Brion tried it earlier in the year. Like, Fredit Brion were like, no, it's David versus Goliath. We're coming up. We're going to take him on. And then yeah. they managed to get like an insane win. And yeah. then Genji could have like opened the gates for the rest of the world to be like, damn one, aren't unbeatable. You can do this. And they just got absolutely mauled. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, it's just one of those ones where, if anything, it gives them at least a little bit of confidence, like a little bit. Now that they're looking at them and their form coming out from the playoffs, they're just like, oh, like, no. oh my God. Because <laughs> the real problem for me is that like a lot of people aren't really hype on Gen G, and I think that's fair. They're a team with very pronounced weaknesses and strengths. But they're still like they they made quarterfinals and worlds really easily. And yes, they got stoned yeah. by G two, but G two is also kind of a natural predator for classic LCK teams, which is definitely what Gen G is, right? So they're mm-hmm. not a team to get excited about, but they're still a really really strong individual level team. Um, and they just got stomped. Like it was just yeah. it was just uh, very unfortunate. I guess that's kind of an interesting point then, because obviously MSI isn't really the best demonstration of a region's strength it's the demonstration of the strength of the region's best team which in the case of the lck when your best team has just absolutely like hammered every single other team in the region doesn't really tell you much about how good the region is kind of looking forward a little bit to future international competition more specifically to worlds this year how do you think career is shaping up because there's been a lot of discourse around like oh Korea's like washed so many of Korea's teams are washed just because Damwon's beating them all is that more of a tribute to Korea's weakness or to Damwon's strength I think it's something that people really want to be true like they want to believe that Korea's washed right but I think that we've seen throughout the split that a lot of teams have had up and down performances in every single region right I think mm-hmm. that you can see this in the form of G2 at the moment right um, you can mm-hmm. see this in uh the up and downs that teams like edg fpx all have had um even rng right like they got they got kicked a lower bracket pretty decisively and i think that that's just also a little bit due to the meta at the moment that can be a bit um a bit flippy or a bit snowbally because of how strong drakes are Uh, i think that teams like genji t1 hanwha life like if they go to worlds they're getting 
they're getting quarters again. Like, there's no way they don't make it out of groups. I mean, you might make an argument for Humble Life if they get into, like, a really strong group, but generally, like, none of those teams are, uh, I think, going to struggle making it out. In terms of actual contenders, no, it's just Domo Kia. Like, in terms of how the teams are currently looking, right? Like, um, no other team would actually be able to make a run, I think. I think T1 might be able to do it, depending on how the summer shapes up. I think Gen G, if they... Uh, tw- uh, like tweak their roster a little bit. I wouldn't be able to tell you where, but I think they have the raw talent available. Uh, Hanwha Life, same story, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. These teams are still really good, but mm-hmm. no, that one Kia is just leaps and bounds behind, but uh, ahead of everyone else. But I don't think the region is is uh, is is really slowing down. It's just that one team is so much better that it makes everyone else look silly. Yeah. Right. It's kind of weird, like, because if you look at any of the regions in, like, the world, or major regions at least, it feels like there are that, like, kind of, there's, like, a pretty, like, close race for the top spot, right? But when you look at Korea, it's like, like you said, all the teams, it's not that the teams are bad. It's just that Damwon is literally on a different tier compared to everyone else. But, like, that's why when we look, like, other people look at that region, it's like, wow, uh, Korea must be, like falling off because we're so used to seeing you know cloud 9 tsm tl all battling really really closely and then in europe it's even like better right you have g2 yeah. you have so many it's teams really, really entertaining and, it's been really good yeah it is and then you look at korea and it's like wow it must be because korea is falling off but no it's just because damwon is on that other like spectral plane almost compared to the t- other teams but yeah no i think that korea when you pit them against other regions as well, I think that we'll see we'll we'll be able to see that level of disparity maybe. Yeah. But I think and, like and the international you... matchup that I'm most excited for is Rogue versus Genji. If we get to see that, I think that'll be like <laughs> as a oh, gosh. as a European fan, I'm not sure I'm gonna be too happy about the results of that matchup. I think I might need to go cry for a little bit after we watch that one, but I will be very curious to see it at least just not maybe not the happiest about the outcome mm. and and chronically you'd mentioned kind of the this like very for lack of a better word korean play style right you prioritize fundamentals you prioritize play yeah. slow right just taking care of you, you break the game down into your phases right Renekton in italy gets you through the early game you pick a nice scaling team copy take certain skirmishes at you know preordained power spikes and stuff which i i think probably to me Anyway, that has been at least a part of what has contributed to this Oh, Korea's Washed mentality is because the style is much kind of slower and just the team that takes care of their fundamentals better is going to win in that region. But do you think that, and, and you were talking about how G2 and their play style were this, you know, kind of natural counter, natural predator. Um, do you think that that applies to Damwon and no, their style? Or no? That's the problem, right? Like, that's why... Um, I said this as well on the broadcast on, of LCK. Um, I thought that with the, the, the form of the teams at the time, that Gen G could make it to MSI, right? That they could win the final. Uh, and, I, and I firmly believe that, um, even though it turned out to be a very clowny call. Um, but I still think that even if that would have happened, I would have preferred Dunmon to go. And the reason is because they're not they're not exploitable, right? Mm. And they're, they're somewhat exploitable in terms of play style because they still don't play very early game oriented. Uh, which is something that, of course, LPL is extremely notorious for. I call a lot more LPL because mm-hmm. the time zone is good here. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we all, we all know what happens in the LPL. It's very fun to watch. <laughs> Although, as a, as a Korean caster, obviously, it also makes me pull my hair out. But we have, you know, we have LCK draft, so it, it balances out. That's why I get my dose of frustration. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the thing. I, I think Gen.G, you can 
from the get-go, like, you know what they're going to draft, right? They're not going to surprise you. You know what they're going to do. They might have some mild variations, but you 100% know, like, what is coming at what time. T1 showed this as well um, in their in their semis. Very, very predictable. But Dom and Kia, like, they don't, they don't, they don't really give a damn. They pull out like the weirdest pocket picks um, in multiple the lanes. The draft is just something it's, else yeah, for this it's, team. It's, it's really, and, and you can see this in uh, things like you need to bend Senna against that team, not because Ghost, I mean, Ghost is a great Senna, don't get me wrong, but the real problem is Beryl because Beryl is the most <laughs> unique champions played on the team as a support, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it's just, you need to bend Senna because if you give Beryl farm, like it's. I have that. Yeah. No, no. Senna's like your petri dish that you could just mm. let your support literally, go insane. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally to enable it. Yeah. And the fact that I can go in a professional league, the best team in the world, the team that we think is just going to clap everyone, and their support has two games on Heimerdinger. Oh yeah, but that's I'm actually like, come on. Heimer Senna is. It's that's, so that's, nuts. Uh, that's what I, I, I firmly believe. That's why Heimerdinger was nerfed, because um, bec- <laughs> I, I don't. No, I'm not even joking. Like, no, I, I, I know you're not. It's ridiculous. That 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 what we saw um, was the win condition for that series against NG was Ruler, right? Because Ruler is a god, and and he might be an over aggressive god that always gets caught between the same two turrets. But if you yeah. don't shut him down, he will also single handedly win you the game. Um, right. And stuff like that Heimerdinger, the fact that Barrow can play that and they can completely win a laning phase against one of the strongest AD carries in the world. Like, it speaks so much to the versatility of that team. And I'm still, sure. like, a classic fan who just wants to see Barrow on roaming supports because his roams are godlike. But if you shove him in lane, like, it doesn't... He, he will always find a counter pick, right? And then the problem is mm-hmm. that Domon Kia's opening would be the bot lane because you're not going to win versus Showmaker. You're not going to win... Um, versus uh versus canyon obviously top lane's irrelevant because can't playing <laughs> lulu or, or cyan right like <laughs> yeah and 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 carrying through that is possible but it's really hard and i'm saying it facetiously but i i kind of believe that it, it is the case it's just the team is so versatile and that's why internationally i'd be terrified of them because they're not re- just really good players they're also really smart and they can always like always identify what they need to do both in a draft and also in a game yeah, their flexibility is what scares me the most. Yeah, it's terrifying. It just, it's like that that confidence to not only to be like, yeah, just give me like Lucian top, just, just whatever, or like yeah. what like anything, literally anything, and it's you th- that confidence to know that we're gonna beat you with this. It's G two esque, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. I was about to oh, say yeah. that that no, like they, they, it reminds me the, of the peak G two. All the fundamentals of your of your greatest lck teams of all time with just the insanity and the like induced tilt on the other side of well they clearly know something i don't what in god's green earth is going on you're just reacting 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 that a g2 would bring yeah like like i remember peak g2 back when they were about to like do the whole the whole like when everyone thought they were going to sweep all the events and stuff yeah it's like that was the biggest fear it's like what are they going to do next yeah what are they going to pull up you never know yeah and then fpx out g2'd them yeah <laughs> but that's yeah that, that and that's i think the fundamental problem with dumb one is that even though i think they have their weaknesses in game is that they will always come out of a draft with a way to win the game no matter what the situation is and they are so incredibly smart about how they play that even though the, the odds are they should not be winning 
I don't think there's any team at Worlds that's clean enough to not make any mistakes against Damwon Key. And if you make mm. mistakes against them, no matter the game state, no matter the comps, they'll, they'll find a way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just inevitable. So we're all kind of like the the Thanos snap that is Damwon Gaming, the unavoidable, inevitable truth that is getting absolutely steamrolled by Damwon Gaming. So, like, how do Damwon lose? And I'm not saying how yeah. does a team beat Damwon, because I don't think that's it. I think if Damwon lose, some of it has to kind of be done on their terms. It has Something has to go wrong for them. In order yeah, for them who, to who's, lose. who's the Iron Man that takes the stones away? Like what? 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 What can be this? The that moment, I've, if I, there is a moment like I, that. I, I mean, I, I don't think any team is unbe like. I don't want Kia's not unbeatable. Either. I think they're going to win MSI. I think they're the best team by okay. far, and they're going to stomp everyone. But they have openings, right? Like I said, I think the early game can be fairly weak. Although they have shown against um, in, in in a lot of matches that they can play respectful, but they also especially against LCK teams that they've beaten before, and I'm afraid that this might happen in groups as well, considering it's best of one. Um, mm -hmm. The situations where they can definitely fall behind early. And I think that bot lane can be a cause of worry. I think that uh, Ghost at his peak was like the best. Don't give me resources, just leave me alone 1v2 and I will still stay even and weak be side, fine. Weak side guard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's just not that they, they've been a little bit more rusty. They've been getting like a, a double killed in bot lane. Of course, LCK mm. bot lanes are pretty cracked, but still, it's something you <laughs> kind of want to avoid. Mm. Um, and I think that the combination of like the early game combined with perceivable uh, weakness in bot side, and I think Khan can be a liability. Although I I don't see teams taking that as a goal because to actually shut down Khan I think you can definitely do it but you need such heavy focus and then if you focus them heavily on top side then you know the rest of Everything the map else. is getting it just it's not worth it because of how good drakes are like they're just going to pick up all the drakes and then or one or two drakes and then they'll scale or they'll find their opening and it's just yeah hmm. with oh with Khan specifically I, I um I'm curious about this because my I'll talk about my I'll ask you what what was the perception of Khan when he came back to the LCK and how has that changed over the course of the split? I think a lot of people thought he was a downgrade and now that I've seen him for the entire split, I will say he's a downgrade, but that's because Nogari is the best top player in the world. That's a pretty brutal bar, yeah. Like that's yeah. that's that's the main reason. I think that Khan um in terms of raw carry, poten carry potential, I don't think he's the best top in the LCK anymore. I think if you look at players like Keen, like Summit, yes they're inconsistent, but like that peaks are insane players like Zeus as well that have really impressed me in the debut um are i think when it comes to rule carrying are up there but khan's experience his complete willingness to play whatever the team needs him to play uh, and his untiltable attitude are the main things that really impressed me this split and why i think that i think it's a slight downgrade i think khan doesn't have the raw star power that nuggery has but I also don't think he will be an actual liability um, in MSI at all. Like, I don't think he's going to get horrendously out outplayed or uh, outlaned by a lot of teams. He might be focused. He might die a couple of times in lane, but um, the man will do his job in team fights, no matter what the situation may be. Mm -hmm. Who do you, you think is the... I know he said they were, they're going to stop everyone, but in your eyes, who do you think would be the greatest challenge for them is it clearly rng or is it could it be someone else like who do you think 
I'd say it's RNG just because of the strength of the regions. Because I haven't caught okay. like it's been hard for me to watch the other regions. Uh, I think that Europe is the best to watch anything outside of LCS, and LCS is. Um, Escalated. Yeah, I mean, please, LC- please be please be gentle when you talk about the, <laughs> L- LCS. Is, is obviously uh, competitively not the reason that I think is the most important to watch. Um, okay. When you look at like the highest <laughs> level of performance of the major regions. And I think that mm. just through the sheer strength of the region, I'd have to say RNG. I think that Mad Lions are a really cool team. Um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm friends with like one of the assistant. I don't know if he's still assistant coach, if you like, because I think that all moved up because Peter Dunn left for EG. So I don't know the exact mm. specifics of that, but I think they're a really cool team. I think their approach to like how they've built their rookies are, is amazing. Um, but I also don't know if they're like, if they actually got what it takes to hold a candle to like regions like the LPL, like the LCK. Mm-hmm. And that for me is a TBD. If if they do really well, like I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think they're incredibly talented players. Um, and I think it's very deserved that they won the the LEC, but it's got to be RNG because I think the depth in LPL is still better than the LCK. If you look at like how many insane teams they have, I think the LCK is just a lot more consistent, but that consistency comes at the cost of... Um, yeah, excitement and honing your like middle, mm. middle top of the pack teams basically. Yeah, I was gonna say that the LPL like the RNG had to go through some pretty tough like player uh, teams like really really tough teams and some for of them, them to twice. come out. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's crazy to think that they because we were talking about it with Dagda how it's like they didn't look that great coming into it and then they even got dropped into the lower bracket. And so for them to like do that entire roundabout and get through all those teams and then win in a way that probably nobody really expected, right? Like we we're, I'm, I'm excited to see RNG at, at MSI for sure. Like I think that they are, cause damn one, you know what you're getting in, a, in, in the best possible way. Yeah. Like, you know, what's going to happen. Like, I don't even need to look right. But with RNG, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how they play for Mad Lions too. Um, like you said, you don't know, I, like, we don't know how, uh, if they have what it takes. Also, because of like the experience factor too, mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be a big thing. I think they're really young. Um, they're exciting, mm-hmm. but also that also comes with that kind of inexperience and the mistakes that come with it. And like you said, Dan One's just going to punish you every every single little mistake that you do. Suddenly, you're dead or something. So, uh, yeah, we know what's happening with Dan One for sure. <laughs> but in terms of everything else, I think it should be really exciting. And maybe, hey, like, have you ever, uh, is there any chance that there's possibly, because we've seen this with top teams before in terms of complacency, like underestimating teams, underestimating, like, uh, underestimating competition. Do you think that that could ever be a thing with Dam1, or do you think that they're just really, really... Would it even matter if it was? Well, like I I said, um, I think safe odds are they just, like, they they just win everything um, consistently. Uh, up until like unless they make re- huge blunders in draft but that's not something that they traditionally do right where they don't give themselves a single out um mm. and even in games where they do like the uh second game of finals and you can argue that it was genji losing that more so but still you got to actually play that out the way that they did to still have a chance yeah um yeah i'd, I'd personally say that i don't expect them to lose and even if they like lose early games then they'll still find a way to win regardless and even if they do lose a best of one left or right 
I don't think it's really going to matter. I don't think complacency yeah. is really... I think they were in the middle of... Like, they had a little bit of a slump in the middle of the split, um, but, like, mm -hmm. on the current form. No, I mean, Showmaker yeah. went, like... I know it's solo queue, but if a guy goes, like, 31 and 5 in, like, a Challenger <laughs> EU West lobby like that... That, that's your mental of, is your mental is gotta yeah. be like there's a couple you know. of like uk challenger players who like um uk and like erl challenger players imagine you load up you're like oh yeah i'm just gonna, I'm gonna have a nice day in solo queue i'm gonna i'm just gonna queue up for some fun mid lane games and then you look showmaker the canyon and on the other team showmaker and there was a um oh i can't remember whose lobby it was in um some poor guy he wasn't a pro or anything he was just um he was just a high elo player he was playing opposite showmaker and i think it was on reckless's stream and someone on his team accused him of getting mid gap of getting mid -gap. and he was and like, the guy's like what do you mean Yo, what do i'm getting mid -gap? he's a world champion what do you want from me oh god it's so funny that's that's the league oh community in a nutshell right everyone yep. besides the world champion mm -hmm. is bad I, oh, yeah. Imagine saying that to someone with a straight face. You got, <laughs> you got. Welcome to EUS, man. That's just how it is over here. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my god. And there was a, a little bit of a, a rivalry uh, developing with G two between mm. Damwon and them, which I think is really cool. That international rivalries like that just form organically how they do. Um, yeah. And there and there were rumblings, and, and I guess I just real quick wanted to get kind of your insight on it because you're closer to the scene that. Dem1 were really, really, really jones into play G2 uh, once they got there. Are they, I don't know, is, is that something you've, like, heard? Are they disappointed or are they, is that not even, like, a thing? Um, I, honestly, you'd, you'd have to ask uh, Ashley Kang because I think she's been the main propagator of, like, of, not mm. propagator, but, like, the main uh, con of. conduit, of course, of, yeah, um, because obviously oh. uh, she's the one who got the, init the initial interviews where, the rivalry kind of came from. Um, I do think, yeah. without getting too much into the players themselves, I think it's in the playstyle of Dumbon, right? Like, we already called them Pig G2, and that was a transition that started when they got beaten by G2 in 2019. And we've since seen them take on the best aspects of the LEC, which is, uh, like, really inventive strategies and, and like, really... Um, flexibility. Flex like, like, a high level of flexibility was still adhering to um like like korean macro right and like korean play yeah. style which is terrifying spooky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and i i i think that's um I, sure I, i'm sure they would have loved to play g2 but i think it was already like a, a, a week or more now not a week like two weeks before playoffs i think where i think it was barrel for him correctly but i might be wrong there uh, said an interview like I, I would love to play t2 but i don't know if they're making msi yes i was about to mention that, that he yeah. in an interview he's like it'd be great but i don't think they're winning the lec yeah. so it's like yeah it was jokes because when he said that everyone was like ah oh, he's just he's just being stupid he doesn't know what he's talking about it's g2 of course they're gonna win and then he like savanted it so hard <laughs> like no one beryl was the like he broke g2's mental and they were like well now we have to lose the best support in the world has predicted that we God, will lose yeah. we must do it uh, G2. I mean, that's that's God, an interesting so discussion, right? Whether or not Beryl is the best support in the world, because um, mm -hmm. there's there's that you could also make an argument for Carrier, at least specifically within the LCK, mm. um, right? 
or I think uh, players like Ming have been uh, have been heralded as Ming well. Ming is nutty. Yeah. So, obviously, I think when it comes to the, the 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 versatility as well as the roaming style that we've seen from from Barrel, it's very clear that he and Ghost are still ready to, yeah, put some people in their place. It's mm-hmm. actually kind of a shame because, like, I really, really want to see. Like, the Beryl versus Ming, that's a hard sentence to say three times fast, the Beryl versus Ming matchup is, like, a very, it's a really interesting one, and it's one that I would, like, be really curious to see, but you can't see it properly, because Beryl has Canyon, so, like, you never get an accurate look at what that matchup's like, because especially someone like Ming, who's so focused on roaming, he's paired up with Wei, who is a very good jungler, but he's not Canyon, and you can't get... I just, I don't feel like we can ever really get an accurate representation of what a support's going to be like when the support that they're playing into is A, insanely good, and B, has Canyon on his team. Like, it, I'm yeah. so afraid of this damn one roster. I, I don't... Yeah, I actually think that uh, the matchup that um, I was personally hoping for was Nuggery. FPX versus Dharma. Like, oh, yeah. That, that, that would have... Yeah. I, I think, think that would have been was... cooler uh, even than, yeah. than G2 Dom one. Um, at least Perks is still there, Oof. right? Like Perks, Perks is still ready to to, to carry the plate, <laughs> so that that'll be yes. good. Um, the one king. Although although it's it's, it's really it's really cool, right? Because Perks also appeared on the uh, LCK finals. Like he did, he sent a voice message, right? So I think that's like a really fun, interesting rivalry. I think those games are going to be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I want to see First Nuggery. Game of the, of the yeah, game. it is. I want to see Nuggery mm-hmm. yeah. uh, play against uh, well Viper because. I'm so happy for Viper. Like, sure, he, they didn't yeah. make it, but that man has had a... Uh, it wasn't even a renaissance. Even when he was in Honda Life and his team was, like, bottom two, the man was still, um, mm-hmm. like, stomping lanes like he had no business yep. doing. Really good. Yeah, it's <laughs> really good. No, that, that that return home for Nuggery, like, coming in and, like, in those... And I love it because it's the opposite, literally the opposite color of, like, blue versus... And he just comes over and he's like... Well, I'm here. What are we gonna do? Like, did you miss me? Yeah, did you miss me? It's like almost like a a wrestling promo. (laughs) Instead, we get Khan versus Fudge, which is an equally exciting matchup. Okay, look, maybe a little bit. Khan is, I think, the funniest play in the LCK. Like that man. I I really hope because Jason is there, right? And Jason is Go Translator. So I hope that they win. And I hope we get Khan interviews. And I hope the worlds get treated to those because they're just i hope he brings the um the was it the pickle glasses yeah he had like him and tiny glasses the him and showmaker yeah those the for the interview i can't remember which series it was i absolutely lost it he had those and he had some that were like um i can't remember if i'm misremembering this or not but i think either he or showmaker had like pepe the frog yeah yeah glasses those i want them it was crazy yeah i I hope to god they've packed those in their suitcase because how toxic is it you get like (laughs) some team gets their skulls caved in by this guy and then he just rocks up to the post game it's me he's like wagwan what's going on (laughs) i got a mask i'm ready to go (laughs) I feel Jesus. tilted already if I see yeah. that on the screen and I just lost. It's like, man, where's my sub at? Like, I'm getting home. I'm flying out of Iceland. I can't yeah, do I'm this going anymore. over it, man. Oh, my God. oh boy. Right. Well, that's going to do it uh, for us. Uh, Chronicler, thank you so much for being here. We wish you uh, all the best in your transition in Korea. Uh, I hope the, uh, the it, it's, uh, I meant to mention at the top of like the, uh, 
it's cool you have like that outlet of uh, the the pog poetry as it was called on the uh on the episode of that uh the lck podcast i, I can't uh, believe like, they embraced that part of my personality that doesn't happen very often they, they embraced it twice i think we i think we had uh had, had free in the end um really on, yeah i think so no 100 percent certain okay i have the memory of a goldfish uh. so Maybe I'm correcting you. Yeah, makes just two of wrong. Us. That's entirely possible. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm glad you got uh, that, Alan. That, the, that your transition's been good, and um, we can't wait to see you uh, in the summer. Uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, and for everyone here, uh, we are available on. Oh, can I get it? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Play. That's it, right? I got it. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Oh gosh, I'm so good at this game. Uh, for everyone. <laughs> and YouTube. And YouTube. Yes, yes, on YouTube. Uh, for Tyler Escara, for Meg K, for Chronicler, again, thank you so much for being here. I've been Henrique Damore, and we will see you next week. <laughs>